Khuni, The Crimes of India is a thoroughly researched podcast that uses publicly available documents, reports and books and associated media to provide listeners with a complete picture of the week's case. The following content is often graphic and regularly uncomfortable. Mentions of assault, bodily harm and death may follow. Khuni, The Crimes of India does not condone any actions mentioned in the episode. Minors are advised to exercise caution before proceeding. Thank you. Namaste, Namaskaram, welcome back to another Khuni episode. This is Aditi from Lucknow and joining me is Sneha all the way from Hyderabad. Hey you. Hey guys, hi Aditi. Hope you all are doing well and we hope you enjoyed our episode last week about Rehan Qureshi. Please go to the campaign page at WestDNA on Instagram and follow them. They share some wonderful, wonderful insights into the role of DNA technology in criminal investigations. They also regularly hold webinars and if you're interested in forensics or DNA technology, you will really love them. Yeah, we always learn a great deal. So anyway, coming back to today's episode, today's story, just like the previous two that we have told on this podcast, also comes from Mumbai. It was somewhat sensational when it happened, although sometimes we think not for the right reasons. But uh, anyway, this was a terrible tragedy where an entire family of five simply vanished without a trace for more than a year. It took 17 months for the police to finally solve the mystery of their disappearance. And in the meanwhile, simply because they were Muslim, a lot of baseless allegations and unseemly connections were made. This is the story of the murder of Leila Khan and her entire family. So, not many of you would have heard of this movie called Wafa, a deadly love story. <laughs> Yeah, so the movie was released in 2008 and its main USP was that it was supposed to be the comeback film for Rajesh Khanna, who was the reigning Bollywood hottie of the 60s. Your mother probably had a crush on him. Mm. I don't know. At this point, uh, Rajesh Khanna was probably in his mid-60s. The movie was a big flop. It was about a man killed by his wife who was also having an extramarital affair. Turns out he's not dead and he comes back for revenge, your basic Bollywood melodrama. You mean basic Bollywood B-grade melodrama, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this movie is cringe even by 2008 standards. Yes, it was. The movie completely tanked. Which is why I opened with not many of you would have probably heard about this movie. Anyway, the movie is not relevant, nor is the former giant of Bollywood, Rajesh Khanna. I bring up the movie to talk about the disappearance and murder of Khanna's leading lady in the film, Lela Khan. So Lela Khan was her stage name. Her real name was Reshma Patel. Lela grew up watching and idolizing the actress Divya Bharti. Divya Bharti, for those who don't know, was an actress who shot to fame in the early 90s. She worked in Telugu and Tamil language films before moving on to Mumbai. The thing people remember most about her now is her mysterious death. She fell to her death from her apartment balcony when she was only 19 years old. Little did Nella know that this would be something that she would come to share with her idol. Wow. Morbid, morbid Aditi, morbid comparison, but okay, go on. <laughs> yes. 
that's what we do on this podcast make morbid yep. comparisons of course so before we go into lela's story let us go a little further back to when her mother selina patel was a young girl finishing her ssc exams selina came from a humble family in mumbai her father tried his hand at acting but he never got further ahead than junior artist her family was a humble middle class slightly conservative pathan muslim family but it looked like selina wanted a different more adventurous life for herself so on the day of the last ssc exam a young selina ran away with a man called nadir shah patel nadir and selina had four children the oldest was asmina who also went by azima the second was reshma aka lela and then finally there were twins imran and zara this marriage lasted a decade her second marriage was to asif ahmed which lasted longer almost two decades she lived with asif and her four children in a flat in oshiwara in mumbai it looks like selina struggled with money for a long time she had a big family after all but she was a fighter and she was resourceful she worked as an event manager at some point she had an apparel shop in andheri and then eventually she started introducing her daughters into the film industry before lela started acting selina managed to get her oldest daughter asmina in a movie released in 2006 eventually lela's movie was released in 2008 she also signed two more potential movies with the director of her first film rakesh sawant at this point selina was visibly rich her sister talks about how selina was fond of shopping often going as far as south africa to indulge herself she wore fine clothes and collected jewelry and managed to purchase a large farmhouse at igatpuri near mumbai at some point her husband asif introduced her to a man named parvez parvez was an influential and wealthy kashmiri man with lucrative political connections he even contested assembly elections in 2008 as an ncp candidate he soon became very close to the family often accompanying them on outings however over time selina fell in love with him her marriage to asif broke down and parvez began living with them parvez was 15 years younger than her selina was quite smitten with the youngish parvez she used to joke about how he resembled a young shashi kapoor which is high praise if you ask me <laughs> so at this point selina was living a very lavish lifestyle she was extremely wealthy she was with a man she adored her daughters were actresses she also volunteered at an anti corruption ngo in mumbai and had been approached recently by a political party for membership we tried to dig more into this but there isn't a lot of details about which party and what role exactly overall though things were looking good for her and her family in the beginning of february 2011 selina asmina leila imran zara and their cousin along with parvez tak left their flat in oshiwara to drive to their farmhouse in igatpuri they were going to live there for a while because they took their pets an alsatian and two persian cats with them in their cars the whole party was in two separate cars with leila and the siblings together and selina and parvez in a different vehicle 
they also mentioned to some of their relatives that they will be going to kashmir to attend a wedding selina also called her sister in mumbai to inform her that she was with parvez in chandigarh in the first week of february we are assuming that this was before they went to kashmir because selina's sister had no idea about the kashmir trip and after this radio silence I suppose their relatives must have assumed that they were in Egadpuri for the time being but after a long time had passed and there was no word from either Selina or her daughters Nader Shah Patel Selina's first husband got very worried so he filed a missing persons complaint in Mumbai wait did Nader know about the Egadpuri trip that is unclear to me in fact it is unclear whether anyone knew about the Egadpuri trip even selina's sisters and mother back home in mumbai because police didn't know where to look for them right away if nader knew i think he would have mentioned that was where they went last right to the police mm-hmm. but uh, the first clue police got about lela's location was from the last pinged uh, location of her cell phone but we'll talk about that a little bit in detail later so the case became sensational because of lela like i said earlier the the case was sensational for all the wrong reasons it is an unfortunate fact of life especially in criminal investigations and their media coverage but cases with conventionally pretty victims especially with an interesting background tend to blow up for example uh, one of the articles i looked up during research for this episode was literally titled sex sin and the missing starlet I mean it's it's a good uh, article it's uh, it's a good piece very informative but the title choice is misogynistic to say the least we covered Neeraj Grover 2 weeks ago and i didn't see any pieces commenting on Neeraj's uh, prolific sex life yeah because the focus was on Maria's exactly you ever wonder the things we could achieve as a country if we focused even a teeny little bit less on women's sexuality Oh is this about the ripped jeans comment? Are you still mad about that? Yes, I am mad about the ripped jeans comment. I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that his wife defended him. I hate that as a woman we have to now waste mental bandwidth on this idiotic issue in the middle of this episode for example. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> right. So like we mentioned the story blew up in the media but it was taking the police some time to track the family also remember Rakesh Sawant the man who directed Lela's first movie hmm. he was supposed to start his second film with her and Lela missed all her dates when he too couldn't get in touch with her he filed a missing persons complaint as well also just in case you thought Sawant was actually worried about Lela please know that he immediately took the opportunity to plug their movie Wafa once again for TV broadcast yeah guys it's <laughs> just too bad that you can't see <laughs> aditi's massive like more massive than normal eye roll <laughs> yeah basically taking advantage of a missing woman anyway because the case gained traction in the media the police started looking at all possible clues into their disappearance and we are going to warn you right now despite the sensationalism the documentation in this case is pretty bad a lot of news reports either get the name of the family members all wrong or mo- a lot of them are spelt incorrectly some of the articles don't clearly mention the relationships between asif selina and parvez 
also if you dig into the case online you may read that lela was from pakistan this is also not true the whole family was from mumbai and they were very much indian citizens the pakistan thing was a complete rumor and it was in fact fanned at the time of lela's movie release to garner some cheap publicity for the movie dude <laughs> clearly even the producers knew that this movie was shit right because yeah. if you have to rely on your leading ladies pakistani origins as the main usp of a movie you are clearly desperate to market a very bad movie that's true also the main usp of the movie was supposed to be that it was rajesh khanna's big comeback imagine how terrible the film had to be to also <laughs> fan the pakistan rumors <laughs> i know yeah This is also a good time to talk about Leila's Bollywood career and the money she was supposedly making from it because the career was not really going anywhere. Wafa had been a major flop. She only made 3.5 lakhs for her role. We had also mentioned Asmina, her older sister's stint in the movies. Hmm. This was also negligible. She was part of something called Hello Kaun Hai. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> even find this movie anywhere. I I couldn't even find a trailer. <laughs> I found the IMDb page which doesn't even mention the story and Asmina is not credited for any major roles. So needless to say the acting career of both women was not significant enough to make good money or at least the type of money that Selena had been flaunting. So obviously there was a lot of guesswork about how Selena was getting the money for her clothes, jewelry, vacations, the Oshiwara flat, two cars and the opulent farmhouse in Igatpuri. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Rakesh Savant was questioned during the investigation into the disappearance of the family. He mentioned a meeting Leila had arranged with Arab financiers once in 2009. They were offering 15-20 crores investment for his movies. It was a shady deal. They didn't want to show that the money was coming from them. Savant had backed out and the deal was inconclusive. Then there were reports of how Leila was spending a lot of time with a Mumbai builder called Afghan Khan. Leila and Afghan Khan were regularly in touch. Later the police found a message on Leila's phone from Afghan Khan asking her not to leave Mumbai. Again, this is all vague information. The police never revealed the context for this message. So we don't know whether this was a threat or just a request. It may have been a request. because there were also reports that Leila was planning to get married and move to Dubai with her entire family and we mention all this with the caveat that this information is still unconfirmed like we said earlier the story is not uniformly covered which is a problem with most true crime reporting in India but this case was just especially frustrating yeah as the case progressed there were many theories about the case One of them was that the family had simply fled the country. Remember, at this time, the police hadn't quite figured out the Igatpuri trip. They were going by Nadir's statement, and apparently, all Nadir knew was that he had simply not heard from his ex-wife and children in months, and their apartment had been vacant for just as much time. They would talk to Selina's sister later and find out that the Chandi about the Chandigarh trip. but it looked like a weak clue it was already a bit suspicious how selina got all her wealth 
since the so-called Bollywood career wasn't much to speak of. So the police felt that maybe they were involved in unsavory activities. Maybe they had left the country, but it didn't make sense why none of the family back home in Mumbai wouldn't know about it. Or why Nadir wouldn't know about it, since it was his children who would be leaving. They figured that probably the family was being threatened by someone, so they left to protect themselves. There was Afghan Khan, the builder we mentioned earlier. The police theorized that maybe he had been harassing the family over money. Afghan Khan's name is not mentioned anywhere again and does not crop up in the charge sheet submitted by the crime branch, which later took over the case. He has always denied any involvement with the disappearances. In his FIR, Nadir Shah Patel states that he suspected Asif and Parvez. To him, their presence in Selena's life was very puzzling. He claims that before he met Selena, Asif lived in a modest place in Mulund. But now, after the family disappeared, he was living in a plush Juhu apartment. To Nadir, this was very suspicious. So we tried to look into what Asif did for a living and whether he had any money of his own. But um, we couldn't find any credible information. The first clue came when Leila's location was tracked through her cell phone data. Her SIM card had pinged in Nashik last, so initially that's where the investigation was focused. Nasik police had taken over the case because it was presumed that this is where the family disappeared from. This would soon change with a second major breakthrough. In May 2012, a white Mitsubishi Outlander with Maharashtra number plates was found in a shop in Kishtwar. Kishtwar is in Jammu. When the police checked the registration, they found that the SUV belonged to Selina Patel. The police had been informed during the investigation that the family was supposed to attend a wedding in Kashmir. Are you telling me that they drove all the way from Mumbai to Kashmir? They seem rich enough, why couldn't they just fly? Yeah, that was the problem. The police probably did look into the wedding in Kashmir. The thing is, none of the reports mention specific dates on which the family was supposed to Mm -hmm. be in Kashmir or whose wedding it was supposed to be. Uh, It had to be someone Selena's own family or Nadir didn't know. Otherwise, they would have mentioned the details to the police right away. The Patels were a Mumbai family and it looks like their only connection to Kashmir was through Parvez. And lo and behold, when the police looked into the records of the shop where Selena's SUV was found, they realized that until six months ago, the shop was being rented by Parvez Duck. So, at the time of the disappearance, Parvez was renting the place where this SUV was found. The picture started becoming slightly clearer for the police. Parvez was absconding. It definitely seemed like he had a hand in the disappearance of the family. Another problematic scenario was emerging at this time, by the way. After the SUV was found in Kashmir, Selena and her family started being connected with terror activities. Of course. Muslim? Check. Some wealth? Check. Kashmir? Check. Fake Pakistani connection? Logically? Check. (laughs) Yeah. So the anti-terror squad and JNK police suspected Parvez of having links with terror organizations. Also, in September 2011, there had been a bomb blast in Delhi High Court. So, at the time this car was discovered in Kishtwar, both investigations were happening in tandem. I think that was probably why this SUV with uh. Maharashtra number plates in Kishtwar attracted so much attention as well. Like, it was just out of place, you know? Mm-hmm. So, did he have links with terrorists? 
I don't know. It was definitely alleged, and it was because of Parvez that everyone thought that Selena, Lela, and and the rest of the family too had links with terror outfits. Not just that, they thought that they may have had a hand in the high court blasts as well. Ah, uh, okay, that's a bit of a stretch to make, dude. <laughs> I know I complained about misogyny, but Islamophobia is rampant in the story as well. There are just newspaper reports that Lela Khan had terror links. When you go on the Wikipedia page for Lela Khan murder, you will find a subtopic about her links with terror organizations, but you will not find even a single piece of hard, real evidence to substantiate these claims. In fact, forget Lela and Selena. The police have not even produced any evidence to connect Parvez with any terror outfit. Plus, they keep saying Lela was quote Pakistan born unquote, and initially I couldn't really understand why they kept claiming that, despite the fact that she was very clearly Indian and a Mumbaiker. But you look at the Pakistan born comment, and then you look at the terror link claims, and you can put two and two together, right? Yeah. And like it's yeah, I I mean it's so casual, they're so blasé about it. Like okay, let me just slowly drop this very problematic word here, if you don't mind. Associate terror with Muslims. It's so easy to see the anti-Muslim rhetoric here. It's it's very evident. It's very typical, okay? Like it's very typical of what happens in our country. Yeah. So anyway, Parvez was found sometime in 2012 June on his way to Nepal. He was clearly trying to flee the country. The police nabbed him in an undercover operation by offering him a fake job. and brought him back to mumbai and whether he had any links to a terrorist organization or not parvez was definitely a sketchy dude when he had met selina he had given her the impression that he was a rich and well connected man from kashmir but this was not entirely true according to his statement to the police parvez was born in 1980 in kishtwar he dropped out of school after class 10 and joined his father in a carpentry business Eventually he became a construction contractor in the valley and started getting government contracts for public works like road construction in the valley. He talked about how his work was affected by militancy and how he was kidnapped by militants and kept hostage to pressurize him to stop the road construction. He had to pay ransom to escape that situation. He told the police that he stood in the assembly election in, on NCP's ticket in Kishtwar in 2008. but failed to get elected in fact it was in 2008 that he met selina in delhi she was working with an ngo in mumbai the exact nature of their interaction at this time is unclear but she brought him to mumbai and set him up in a flat at mira road while she lived with her family in oshiwara later on they both started living together in her mira road flat and eventually developed a relationship and then got married he talked about how they honeymooned in mahabaleshwar selina's family mentioned parvez as well we talked about it in the beginning of the episode of how smitten selina was with her new husband but according to parvez this idyllic picture was not true the reality was much harsher for him He had approached Selina as a well-connected politician from Kashmir who needed help with funding his campaign. But Selina soon discovered to her dismay that he had been lying to her. He didn't have the kind of money he claimed he did. In fact, during his campaign for the assembly seat in Kishtwar in 2008, he had spent 10 lakh rupees and now he is in debt. He did not have a single regular job. 
in mumbai he was almost completely dependent on selina's money so she quickly lost respect for him she would make him go shopping for her she would also berate him a lot in front of the whole family parvez felt he was merely a servant for the family instead of a real family member he also had other problems with selina and her family it appeared that selina was still very close to her second husband asif asif routinely visited her and he was on good terms with the children as well selina had not told parvez about the true nature of her relationship with asif he had been under the impression that asif was like a brother to selina because that is what she used to claim in front of them at the beginning their relationship was cordial and like we mentioned earlier the three of them used to hang out together as well but one day parvez paid a surprise visit to the family's flat in oshivada and caught selina and asif in an objectionable position he had been incensed parvez also mentions that selina had other affairs while she was still married to him he didn't agree with other decisions selina made for example she used to rent out her apartment for fancy upscale parties these parties often involved a lot of loud obscene music drugs or alcohol and parvez did not approve on top of all the problems he was having with the family he realized that selina and everyone had plans to move to dubai we had mentioned earlier that leila had decided to get married and settle in dubai and the whole family was planning to move there with her the whole family except parvez he was massively hurt by this revelation so this brings us to the events at egatpuri it is crucial to know that parvez had orchestrated the family's visit to egatpuri he planned it as like a last farewell before the big move to dubai he insisted that the whole family should gather at the farmhouse and they should have one final hurrah before he had to go back to kashmir and they left for dubai so on the night of february 8th everybody had gathered at the farmhouse after driving in two separate cars from mumbai on 9th the guard at the oshivara apartment stated that only parvez returned the family never came back and this was the big realization parvez admitted that everyone was dead selina asmina leila zara imran and their cousin they had all been murdered on the night of 8th february 2011 he told the police a couple of different versions of what happened that night he admitted to his own role in the murders but in the first version he said that the murder had been done not just by him but asif and afghan khan as well that the three of them had murdered selina and everyone else over money and property so on the basis of this statement the police even went after asif and arrested him in bengaluru remember asif was blamed by nadir as well so asif though had a different story to tell he told the police that he never went to the egatpuri farmhouse he was with the family when they were planning the trip and zara told him that parvez had been coaxing everyone to party one last time at egatpuri but he had not gone with the family we don't know if it had been part of parvez's plan to kill asif as well but uh, asif maintains that parvez had always been jealous of asif's involvement with the family he was also selina's part of attorney which parvez found very insulting given that he was the husband 
But the thing is, this also means that Asif knew about the family's trip to Igatpuri and Parvez's plan of assembling everyone there. Yeah, so why didn't he tell the police that immediately? That's exactly what I thought as well. I mean, the case was plastered all over the TV. He had to have known that they were missing. And he also used to call them and they would never answer their phone. So it was very surprising that Asif did not come forward with the story. He also had other information that would have been useful for, for the police. For example, he had gone to the Oshiwara flat to look for Selina and found the flat empty. The guard there had told him that only Parvez had returned from the trip. Also, he had gone to the Egadpuri farmhouse after the watchman there told him that uh, he could see smoke in the farmhouse. Excuse me? Yeah. After the family disappeared from the farmhouse, apparently there had been a fire there. And Asif went to Egadpuri. By the time he reached there, everything was gutted. And he never reported any of that to the police initially, or at least I couldn't find any mention of it. It didn't seem suspicious to him that his ex-wife and her children had gone to this farmhouse and had never been heard from again. And now this farmhouse was completely abandoned and gutted. I mean, this is super weird to me. Yeah, it is. But Asif is not charged in this case now, is he? No, he is not. In fact, he is now a witness for the prosecution. So now let's talk about what happened on the night of February 8th. The night was spent in revelry. The family sang songs, danced away, they lit a fire, held a barbecue. A little after midnight, at around 1.30, everyone retired to bed. Selina and Pervez went back to their own bedroom. At night, they both had a massive argument. Selina was planning to sell the Igatpuri farmhouse before their move to Dubai. Pervez, on the other hand, wanted it for himself. He also wanted her to transfer the power of attorney to him from Asif. Selina would not agree to any of these demands. And in a fit of rage, he hit her on the head with a blunt object and she fell down dead. Everyone else in the house heard the commotion and came down to see what was happening. By now, Parvez had panicked. Everyone was yelling and it came to blows between him and Imran and the others. At this time, Parvez called his accomplice, Shakir Hussain. Shakir was also a fellow Kashmiri. Parvez had asked him earlier to come to Mumbai and work as the caretaker for the farmhouse while the family were away. Shakir helped Parvez kill the rest of the family the same way. They were all hit with fatal blows by iron rods. According to Parvez, this was done because they had witnessed Selina's murder. He had to eliminate witnesses. Then, both of them cleaned the place. They scrubbed off the bloodstains, removed everyone's mobiles and SIM cards and broke them so they couldn't be traced to Igatpuri. They dug out a deep trench on the property. They buried three people first and then covered them with a layer of Shahabad stones. On top of this layer, the rest of the bodies were laid down along with other blood-soaked items like clothes, pillows, mattresses, jewellery, etc. Then, they both drove about 7 kilometers away from Igatpuri to a place called Ghoti and hired two private drivers to take the two cars, the Mitsubishi Outlander and another Scorpio to Jammu and Kashmir. Both these cars were recovered by the JNK police before Parvez was arrested. He did this to evade the police. On 9 February, before leaving Igatpuri, he told the watchman at the farmhouse that the whole family had gone to Kashmir for a wedding and they would stay there for about two to three months. 
This is the story the watchman told Asif and later the police when they came knocking. Parvez led the police to the exact spot where the bodies were buried in the farmhouse. They found six skeletons buried along with other items they had buried. DNA analysis of the skeletons proved that the bodies belonged to the family. Thus, almost 17 months after the sudden disappearance of six people from the face of the planet, this mystery was solved. We should mention that during this 17 month period, the police had visited the Igatpuri farmhouse a few times. They had seen the farmhouse had been gutted and abandoned. The furniture of the farmhouse was found in the homes of the tribal families who lived nearby. The tribal families told them that they had been given the furniture by the family itself. Okay, I'm assuming that this was done by Parvez and eventually Parvez and Shakir were charged with the murder of the family. I can't get over the fact that Asif knew that the family had disappeared and never informed anyone. Even Nadir has had his suspicions about Asif's role in the murders. He had filed a petition with the court condemning the investigation by the police and stating that the police had colluded with Asif to exonerate him and place the blame entirely on Parvez. According to Nadir, Asif and Selina were never even married. He said that Selina considered Asif to be a brother and this is the same thing she had told Parvez as well in the beginning of their relationship. He claimed that there were many discrepancies in the marriage certificate and other documents that Asif had presented before the police and police had either not bothered to verify them or had actively allowed the forgery. He wanted the case to be transferred to CBI for a more transparent investigation. Selina's own family thinks that the culprit has to be Parvez. And uh, the trial in this case is still ongoing. So all the facts we have stated mm-hmm. are based either on evidence before the police or the witness statement of Asif and other witnesses. I suppose we would know the conclusive truth only when the trial is done and dusted. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of murder of Leila Khan and her family. We hope you liked this episode. Please rate and review us on Apple if you have an Apple device. If you listen to us on any other platform, do remember to follow or subscribe so that you'll be updated every time we up, you know, post a new episode. Follow us on our socials, leave us a comment about what you think of this case. We would love to hear your views, but please be respectful and polite. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Bye.